0: Can Someone That Is Saved Become Lost Again? Also known as Once Saved, Always Saved. Thank you for joining us for another study of God's Word brought to you by the Church of Christ at Ben. More can be found at benchurchofchrist.org. While it is hard to determine exactly when this concept was introduced, it appears that it really didn't catch on until a man by the name of Martin Luther introduced it in the mid-1500s. We can also add John Calvin to the conversation. Calvin was around 26 years younger than Luther, so while there was a generation or two between them, they were teaching in a similar period of time. Martin Luther, as you recall, nailed a thesis to the church door with his challenge of several dominant processes that were supported and taught by the Catholic Church. When that nail was driven by Luther, Calvin was around eight years old. Calvin is given credit for firmly establishing and even some questions that exist on Luther's belief. We mention these two names as they share some ideas. Each had a significant impact on what is known as the Reformation Movement, an effort to reform the church. John Calvin's teaching became known as Calvinism, and the major components of Calvinism can be recalled from the acronym Tulip, T U L I P. T is total depravity. Unconditional election is you. Limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Let's give a quick overview of each of these and then we'll get to our question about once saved, always saved. Total depravity is the belief that man is born in sin, basically. The fall of man, Adam and Eve, is inherited to each and every individual. That man is in a depraved position at the point of birth. God must intervene to save. God does all the work, including choosing who will be saved and who will not be saved. Man does not have the decision-making power or a choice in the matter. And those that are chosen by God are saved, period. And just as there is nothing they can do to be saved, there is nothing they can do to be unsaved or lost. That's the T. The U is unconditional election. The totally depraved man is chosen by God. Man does not choose God. God chooses man. The saved are called the elect. God does not have criteria that he chooses. We cannot understand or guess how God chooses. He just does. Those chosen will be saved and will go to heaven. Those not chosen, selected, or elected will be condemned to hell. That's the T, total depravity, and U, unconditional election. L is for limited atonement. Christ died only for those elected, those chosen by God you see the pattern here. Man is not involved whatsoever. Christ only shed his blood for those that God had chosen. This is one of the more controversial points, even among those that follow the other teachings of Calvin, as the Bible has several passages dealing with the work of Christ and all being saved, all having access, as we talked about recently. I is irresistible grace. Those chosen will be saved. They cannot resist As one teacher said, those that are going to heaven, that have been elected, are going whether they want to or not. Acts chapter 7 and 51 says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. So some have the capacity of resisting, apparently. The final letter in Tula is what we want to focus on today, the P, perseverance of the saints. Those that are saved cannot lose their place in that saved position. Note that I don't believe or accept or support any of the points we have mentioned here. I believe that man is not born in sin, but that sin comes from transgression of the law, and that one must be of the age of understanding or the age of accountability to know what law is in order to transgress it. I believe that God has an open-door policy, if you will, that gives access to whosoever will. But there's not a set number or that God chooses some and ignores others. I believe God has done his part in grace. He has shown in giving man the plan, in giving man the process in the shedding blood of his son, his only begotten son, and that man does have a choice, choosing God or not choosing God, free will which removes the concept of irresistible grace. Grace is for all, and we can choose to accept or renore. So let's talk about the P, perseverance of the saints. This concept has been accepted by a large number of denominations. Even if they ignore or don't accept the other components of Calvinism, the perseverance of saints, once saved, always saved, is something that has been accepted by a large number of denominations. They accept that once someone is saved, regardless of the process that gets them there, once they have crossed that threshold, they're locked in. Final answer, they cannot lose their place. Sam Morse, Baptist preacher in Stanford, Texas, wrote an article called, Do a Christian's Sins Damn His Souls? Here's a quote from that article. We take the position that Christian sins do not damn his soul. The way a Christian lives... What he says, his character, his conduct, or his attitude toward other people have nothing whatsoever to do with the salvation of his soul. And all the sins he may commit from murder to idolatry will not make his soul in any more danger. Again, Sam Morris. Billy Graham, when you receive Christ into your heart, you become a child of God and have the privilege of talking to him in prayer at any time about anything. The Christian life is a personal relationship to God through Christ Jesus. And best of all, Graham said, it is a relationship that will last for all eternity. You cannot end this relationship. Once you have accepted Christ, you are his forevermore. So thoughts from a couple of men. So let's look at some thoughts from the Bible as there are a number of passages that talk about this in Revelation chapter 2. Be thou faithful unto death, verse 10. I will give thee a crown of life, a crown of life when remaining faithful, faithful once and locked in. No, faithful until, or as King James says, faithful unto death, even at the point of losing your life, which the book of Revelation speaks a great deal about, that suffering would come. Be thou faithful unto death. I will give thee a crown of life. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, we can go from a state of believing to a state of not believing. Verse number 13, Hebrews 10. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Romans chapter 11. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise, if you don't continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be cut off. First Corinthians 9. I keep my body under subjection, Paul said, lest by any means when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. New American Standards says that I should be disqualified. Running the race in verse number 24 is what he was referencing. Cast away, disqualified, rejected, all the same, a negative outcome that removes him from a place that he once was. Hebrews chapter 3, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hebrews chapter 6, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift, made partakers of the Holy Ghost, have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Hebrews 12, lift up the hands which hang down the feeble knees, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligent, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. 2 Peter, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse worse with them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and turned from the holy commandment and delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to its own vomit again and the sow washed to the watering in the mire. There are examples of this. Second Timothy chapter 4. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. The decision was made. First Timothy chapter 1. This charge I commit to thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have putting away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Most versions use the concept of shipwreck. Acts chapter eight verse number twelve. We have Simon who was a sorcerer by trade. When they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, verse twelve, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself also believed when he was baptized. Continued with Philip, wondering, beholding the miracles and signs. When the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them, them Peter and John. When they were come down. "...prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost, for as yet it had not fallen on any of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid their hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Simon saw that through laying on the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, and he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that whosoever I lay on my hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. Again, he was a sorcerer. Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money." Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thine heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, this of thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And then answered Simon, said, Pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken come upon me. If you want a copy of the scriptures, of these scriptures and others, email us, radio at Ben Church of Christ. We'll be happy to share these so you can read and study on your own. So what are some of the phrases we have covered here very briefly? Faithful unto, abide faithfully. If we sin willfully, there is no more sacrifice. Continue or be cut off. Disqualified, cut off, fall away fall from grace, entangled and overcome, where the latter end is worse than the beginning. Faith is shipwrecked. Your money perish along with you. Those are some of the phrases that we have looked at that are spoken by a number of individuals in many of the different letters and books that we have in the New Testament but what about passages like John 10 28 Jerry given to them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand well this is referencing sheep hearing his voice if we go back and look at the context and following that voice not giving heed to another shepherd that would draw them away as we've talked about recently maintaining access to that grace The concept of being saved is something hopefully everyone listening is concerned about. Spreading the gospel is an effort of this program to lead, to bring others to what the truth is. The concept of not doing anything that would bring us to understand salvation and a concept of us not doing anything that would lose that certainly is comforting to us. But, friends, there is no scriptural basis whatsoever in the concept of once saved, always saved. We choose to obey God. And just as we choose to obey God, we can choose to disobey God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse number 5, who are kept by or protected by the power of God through faith unto salvation, the power of God through our faithfulness. God's grace, a recent lesson, is extended. We have access, yet we have been asked to cooperate with God in order to maintain and keep this access. Once we do access, we must diligently work to continue in our faith and obedience to God or we lose that access. Our time is gone. We thank you very much for joining us and look forward to visiting with you next week at this time. Until then, we bid you a very blessed day.